You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. Well, I'm just itching to get on the air this morning. Yeah, Open hasn't even aired yet. Well, when you're driving in, and of course we don't have, knock on wood, the atmospheric ducting problems this morning, I'm raring to go. Yeah, we're actually clear this morning. Yes. If we're not, Red Peach on the app, Sports Talk 977. Missed you yesterday, but we certainly enjoyed uh, having John Lewandowski in the house and during the 7 o'clock hour yesterday, and of course a number of guests. we got plenty to discuss over the next two hours with Jake Martin in the house and ready to roll. You can hit us up on the Darren Moody State Farm hotline slash text line. That number is 888-993-7762. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance by stopping by and visiting with Darren on 18th Street in Monroe. Let's fire this thing up with some headlines on this Thursday morning. Uh, should we go back to the LSU quarterback? Should we save I think that? We need to go right there immediately. Okay, all right. Because now, it, of course, is it, it is official, and of course, Ed Orgeron has met with the pesky press and addressed this issue: the fact that Loyal Narcisse and Justice McMillan are no longer with the program, and now the team is moving forward. All right, you want my hot take on this? Oh, please. It's not that big of a deal. True. It's not that I've been listening to everyone shout from the heavens. The sky is falling. But when you do lose two of your four scholarship quarterbacks in the course of 24 hours, I think just the fact that it happened on the same, literally on the same day. What did you think was going to happen, A? B, I thought the only surprise is it was Narcisse and not Brennan. So I looked at it as, wow, LSU actually got, you know, came out pretty nice out of this and if you look at it Aaron you look at the last 10 years LSU's only had to use three quarterbacks once that's 10 percent of the last decade okay so if you're down to your third string quarterback that is the ultimate jinx right there (laughs) if you're down to your third string quarterback the season's probably not going that well for you anyway okay so the fact that they get to keep Burrow who is the president and Brennan who has the highest ceiling of the other three I thought that was a great deal for LSU. Now, obviously, it's not you're not going to come out and say it's great news that they lost two quarterbacks. No, it would have been awesome if they would have been able to keep all four guys. But the McMillan leaving makes sense. I mean, it, it, well, the only thing that doesn't make sense about it is he graduated August second. Why didn't he leave earlier? I think he was trying to compete. He saw that I'm not, was on the wall. I'm not getting more reps. Well, apparently, the pecking order was established Saturday after the scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. Ed Orgeron graded him. Kind of talked with him, and once he saw that, once he had that conversation, he said, "All right, I'm gone." Narcisse, who had a um, package with LSU, is now gone. I understand that too because this is a guy who hasn't played in what is, is it two or three years, just because of the injuries in high school. So, because of that, I'm sure he's itching to itching to play and is wondering, "Hey, you know, am I going to get my opportunity here?" Because of course, you've got Parrish and Finley who are most likely coming in as well. So if they keep Brennan and Burrow, I think that's you're okay because you still got a guy in Andre Sale who – Yeah, he's running with the third team now. Yeah. That's all I cared about. Who's your third team quarterback now? Yeah, well, you know who he is now. Um, but, I mean, he's serviceable, I guess, as a third stringer. 
you don't want to have to <laughs> play him. If you get down to him, then yeah. Is he as good as Andrew Hatch? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me ask everyone this. Everyone, I, I've heard a lot of people be upset about this and talk about LSU like, oh, man, this is a huge deal. Would you say that the LSU's quarterback situation is better or worse than last year? Better or worse, Aaron? I'd say better. Well, okay, well, well the, we wild, the wild card is Joe Burrow. I mean, I say that, but we, we still we don't still know. We still don't clearly uh, know. Yeah. But if you had to predict. Well, just, I don't know. that. That's probably not fair because then that's total, being totally disrespectful to Danny Etling. Well, if I think without seeing a whole lot of Burrow, yeah. I think he's going to be as good as Etling. Yeah. I think his ceiling is higher. Now, if he if he he might not be able to take care of the football as, as well as Etling. So, yeah, I get why that's not totally fair. That said, Brennan should be better than he was as a freshman, right? Yeah. Hopefully he's mm-hmm. developed some in the last year, and he's still the backup. So I think it's – I mean, you could say it's maybe on par. So, again, I ask, what's the big deal? Why are people going so crazy about this? It's not like – Rashard Lawrence got injured or something like that. If something like that were to happen, then yeah, let's come on. Let's talk about it. Let's start panicking a little bit. I just want to update these numbers. Again, yesterday, Ross Dellinger provided him the 13 classes from 05 to 2017 for LSU quarterbacks. That's 13 classes now, 20 quarterbacks, four completed their career at LSU, 15 were either dismissed, departed, or switched positions and never played a single down for the LSU Tigers. Ben says, if I'm Brennan, I'm rolling out two. Burrow has two years left. Brennan won't redshirt this year, which is a wasted year. Might as well transfer and redshirt another program. Disaster of a QB situation down there, but what's new? Yeah. You still don't know that Brennan's not redshirting. He could still play in four games and still redshirt because of that new redshirt rule. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's wait and see on that. Knock on wood, things will get really interesting, though, if Joe Burrow goes down or Joe Burrow isn't as good as advertised. <laughs> Knock on wood, like... <laughs> Yeah, I think, and we got to text here, can we imagine what LSU season would look like if Burrow plays like Jordan Jefferson? Yeah, yeah well, if that's the case, I mean, Brendan's going to start, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if Burrow gets out there and cannot perform at all, Brendan will be the guy. What's Miles Brendan? What's his weight up to now? I know like he's 190. Yeah, I, I said that yesterday and Puff Daddy said, no, he's at least 205, 210. No, I think it's like 190. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we'll see. I, I just don't. I, I kept hearing all these people go crazy over this. I'm like, guys, it's really not that big of a deal because if you were expecting to keep all four guys, man, I don't know what kind of reality you live in. Uh, Richie says he agrees with you. Losing the third and fourth options at quarterback is not an issue. Fans need to stop buying it and not making it an issue. The only thing is Justin McMillan, that was the talk coming out of spring, that he wasn't your third or fourth option. He, of course, had a chance to be your starting quarterback. Those dynamics changed a little bit, of course, with Joe Burrow transferring in. Yeah. Once Burrow came in, I expected McMillan to be gone. Yeah. I, too, was kind of waiting for Brennan to do something. But yeah, I thought Narcisse, because they had a package for him, that they would keep him. That said, I'm, I don't love the whole package thing. I, I think it disrupts a quarterback's rhythm. Unless you've got a guy who is just like, dynamic like a Lamar Jackson type dynamic player then I'm okay with it but Narcisse is is more of a he's not as elusive as McMillan he's more of a bull like he's hard to bring down so 
I don't know. I, I'm fine with them not having a special package. They still have it, and they're talking about maybe finding someone else for it. But I'm fine if you don't have that spe- special package. We have a couple sound bites later in the show. We'll play from you from Coach O, where he basically says nothing, basically wishes them the best of the luck, and now says it's been a different atmosphere in the last two days of practice, when now with just two quarterbacks taking a majority of the reps instead of four. The most telling thing that I found out of yesterday's press conference with uh, Ed Orgeron was the fact it was announced that uh, LSU and Clemson will have a home-and-home series 2025-2026. Right. They asked Coach O about it. And, hey, you know, give him credit where uh-huh. credit is due. He laughed it off and just said, well, we've had some issues around here. I'm just hoping to be coaching this team by then. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great response. <laughs> great response from him. Another text here. No big... asked about the game like in 2020. What about the matchup you have against two of their nine conference oh, opponents? Well, his answer could be the same. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm glad they got a home at home. You know, we gave them a, a little bit of grief. We understand it. It's because of the money uh, for doing the you know neutral site games at Florida State. Glad they got a home and home at Clemson. The real Death Valley. We'll find out 2025. Yeah, Clemson already threw a little shade really? at LSU. Yeah. Uh, Text here, no big deal. It happened just the way we would want it to. They were not happy with the quarterback play from the spring game. They reached out and got what they believed to be a better quarterback. And throughout fall practice, he was obvious. He has obviously taken the reins. That's exactly how we wanted it to play out. And plus, you know, cut loose with the fat also. And of course, the, now you have two guys you that may have been them more reps. Maybe one, two guys that were on the team would have been disgruntled, and who knows what they could have done for the harmony of the locker room. So That's true, too, well. but I just think it's better now you can give both of these guys more reps. It's hard to sit there and evaluate four different guys splitting the reps. I mean, it's hard to see the development there. All right, so uh, we spent nine minutes on it. We'll have more from our Coach <laughs> O coming up later in the show. You can I, I was ready to talk about 888-993-7762. it. 888-993-7762. I was tired because I was going through Baton Rouge yesterday in New Orleans, and people were just like, oh, this is a huge issue. No, it's not. It's really not. Sorry. That was your hot take. That was my hot take. It's not that big of a deal. Other college football news and notes. I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, CBS Sports came out with their All-American preseason team. Cavante Turpin, former Neville product, now over at TCU, was a first-team selection as a punt returner. I believe he averaged around 18 yards per return last year on punts, another 30 on kickoff returns. You know, he only, I think, had four career returns for a touchdown, but he's so much fun when he gets back. In college? Yes. Hmm. And I'd be like, most most of those came? Uh, two of them came last year. It was back-to-back weeks. He had an electrifying one against Kansas and another one against Iowa State. Was it his freshman year where he had that yeah. breakout year? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's, I mean, look, awesome to see that. A guy from from Neville uh, continuing to, to make waves. Uh, other news from the college ranks. Uh, Grambling has some new unis by Adidas. Looking pretty sharp. I saw that. Yeah. Um, they have more uh, color choices and combinations than West Monroe now, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, only thing is, like, I-, I was wondering why the media wasn't there. Um, I don't know. That would have been a good opportunity. That. Hey, media day is set for Saturday. <laughs> it is? <laughs> yes. What time is it Saturday? Uh, this is comical. Uh, 8.30, they're having a scrimmage. We can shoot the first 30 minutes, which is understandable. Then for media day, the players and coaches will be available at 10.30 on Saturday night. Should be a great turnout. Saturday night, yeah. you say? <laughs> yes. That's 10.30 p.m. Yes. Looking forward to seeing you there, Aaron. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you think Kim would go for that? 
Uh, yeah, she would. Oh, yeah. 1030. I got some media to do. She would call your bluff so fast. She'd be like, yeah, right. You better show me some proof. Where are you really headed, Aaron? Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. Other headlines, Jake. Other headlines. I'm skimming over my notes right now. Saints had a scare yesterday. Yes. Uh, Alex Okafor went down with a bone bruise. So after you hear about this, after you read about the scene, you're like, thank God, it's just a bone it bruise. It literally sounded like practice stopped. It did. And yeah. all the players were like, oh, you know, patting him on the back. It's going to be all right. You know, it's typically what you do with a season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a career-threatening injury. Thank, thank goodness, it was just a bone bruise. And, uh, and heck, they're counting on him big time. What he had, uh, four and a half sacks last year in ten games. Went down with that Achilles tendon. They're coming back, and they anticipated him to be a major force across from Cam Jordan, especially with uh, Marcus and, Davenport uh, yeah, he, continues to battle his groin injury. Sean Payton right. says that he's starting to make progress, but I mean, he's still a huge wild card. He's still green, too. That's what I was about to say, too. I mean, he hasn't been able to practice as much as we would have wanted him to. So, yeah, you, you're definitely going to be leaning on Okafor, especially early on into the, into the season. So, yeah, good news uh, after a scary scene. Uh, other news and notes from the NFL. Oh. We certainly look forward to the Saints on Friday night. we got a couple of games tonight. Yeah, but we got the Jets tonight. You're excited about Sam Darnold. Uh, I believe that one's on ESPN. Uh, Jets and Redskins. Unfortunately, we won't get to watch Darius guys. Jalen Ramsey came out with some just <laughs> incredible quotes in GQ magazine. Jake, I know you read that publication all the time. All the time. But some scathing sound bites. The only thing that I think would be better, and I think we could probably just save this for almost an entire segment, you reading Jalen Ramsey's quotes. What? I'm, I'm a good reader. Like, I don't know what you're trying to throw shade at me or something. But he comes so strong, and I want to hear how much <laughs> enthusiasm okay. and pep you give him. So you want to tease it and do it later. Is yeah. what I, I just will tease this by him calling Josh Allen. I think he is trash. He's trash. <laughs> Man. I don't care what nobody say. He's trash. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. If you haven't seen it, he, he literally goes through every quarterback. <laughs> And the most glaring review from Jalen Ramsey, I think, was toward Drew Brees. He said he's really good. And that, that was compared to him saying Tom Brady doesn't suck, I think that's a pretty good uh, review from Jalen Maybe Ramsey. it's a strategy on his part, badmouth all these quarterbacks, give them bulletin board material so when they play. They'll throw at him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, this is some tough news here. Carlos Henderson, former Louisiana Tech standout, suspended for violating substance abuse policy. Of course, this is a story that uh, we had for you back in January when he was stopped in West Monroe, possession of marijuana. That is a violation, of course, of the NFL's substance abuse policy, so he will be uh, suspended for one game. But quite frankly, I don't even know if Carlos Henderson is going to be on the Denver Broncos roster. Uh, he has not been with the team dealing with some uh, personal issues uh, you look at this, and this is some uh, telling quotes here. Uh, Joseph, of course, uh, said back in June he's got to get back. Joseph, the head coach, Vance Joseph. He's got to get back on the field if he wants to make the football team. Uh, was placed on the reserve, did not report list. The beginning of the training camp, Joseph uh, termed it a, fr- uh, pa- a family problem. Then Joseph put him on notice again. His quote, it's strictly on Carlos if he wants to continue to play football, if he wants to come back to camp and compete. That's strictly personnel with personal with Carlos. We lost two guys, and we've added two guys at receiver. So we're at 90, and we're moving forward, and we're focused. Uh, Sanders and Thomas, two of his teammates, 
revealed last month that they have both reached out to Carlos Henderson. Uh, Sanders says, I did. He didn't pick up. I texted him, told him this is bigger than football. I just want to talk to him about life. I don't care if he plays another down of football. I just want to make sure he's all right. But that's not one of those situations that I'll reach out to him and give him some time. And I'll reach out to him, give him some guidance, however I can help. So we'll see how this plays out with Carlos Henderson, the former third-round draft pick out of Louisiana Tech. Yeah, we're certainly rooting for him, but uh, it has not been a good year for Carlos. Hopefully he can get on the field sooner rather than later. Uh, John Diars, of course, on that Denver Broncos receiving course, and uh, he had two receptions for 33 yards in the first preseason game. By all reports, he continues to make headway. Yeah, so does Cam Sims, yeah. by the way. By the way, we get a chance to see uh, Cam Sims, the former Washington product tonight. He continues to climb up the ranks. Of course, he had the two big catches in week number one. And the fact that uh, Robert Davis in front of him, a wide receiver for the Redskins, went down with a uh, torn LCL and a broken leg. One more opportunity for Cam Sims. And what, mm-hmm. from what we hear from Washington camp, Sims has an opportunity to make this squad. Yeah, is your reason to tune in tonight. Few of the headlines we got more coming up. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pancake. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. All right, Jake, it is top ten Thursday. So today, what are we doing? Top ten college football storylines of the 2018 football season. Figured it'd be uh, a fun one to do. We, we've really only got two left, Aaron. So I figured we'd do that this week, do NFL next week, and then we're off and running with the top ten high school football games each and every week. So football season is here, baby. Speaking of uh, high school football, our previews will continue at 745. West Washita's head coach Matt Middleton will join us at 845. Mickey McCarty from Neville. In fact, uh, the Tigers have a scrimmage tonight, pretty good one, too, as Evangel comes into Bill Ripple Stadium. Hey, and speaking of high school football previews, quick plug here. Uh, Washtenaw Citizen, we are coming out every day from today until the start of the season with a football preview. Today, West Monroe will be released on the site at 8 o'clock. Uh, next week, we're coming out with our football section. Pick it up. I'm, I'm proud of it. We put a lot of work into it. We've uh, you know, spent a lot of time talking with these coaches and, and coming up with these uh, these previews, and, and, I, and I think it's gonna, you're going to like it. If you're a football fan in the area, you're going to like it. I like it when you say we when it's basically you it did all the work. <laughs> well, I had a little help. Uh, I did most of them, but I didn't do all of them. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk to Tharp. Uh, I had that one. I had to outsource that one. Maybe that was just a strategy on my part. Yeah, 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the morning drive. All right, a couple other headlines that we missed, and I apologize. I know we are your home for the Houston Astros. Here's your update. They won. They knocked off the Rockies 12-1. to Biggest storyline, of course, they break a five-game losing streak. Uh, Taylor White had four RBIs in the big victory for the Astros. So the losing streak has come to an end. My dad desperately wants us to talk about Altuve and how he's been out with an injury, but I told him that's just too much information. We try to give people the least amount of information as possible on our Astros. Hey, the score is very important, Jim. We just want the box. We don't even want the whole box score. We want to tell you the score and maybe who the winning pitcher was. Uh, speaking of baseball, Colin says, don't know if y'all have heard, and I know y'all aren't big baseball guys, but what is y'all's take on Ronald Acona? I don't know. I hope I said that name right. Hit by pitch on, on first pitch of the game after hitting leadoff. 
homers in three straight games had to leave game yeah i did see this situation and i thought it was interesting because it was it's it's an old school mentality versus a sort of progressive mentality where if this happened you know back in the day a pitcher would beat him i don't agree with that i know that's like the unwritten baseball rules and whatnot but to me that's that's pretty lame like okay this guy's on fire why not go at him instead you want to hit him and take him you know take his bat away from him I don't know I just think that's kind of a a lame thing to do that said I understand baseball is all about these unwritten rules and there's some sticklers for that so I I can see both sides of the argument I prefer the more progressive style or really I prefer the more um, competitive approach where you're like you know what he's hitting he's at three straight homers in a leadoff role I'm gonna go at him he's not gonna hit one off of me and then when he does you can just kind of say okay tip my hat to you you're you're just that hot right now, but uh, anyway, I I would prefer if he would have pitched to him. Uh, Keith Hernandez of Seinfeld fame, uh, <laughs> he, he's doing a commentary. Of course, the colors for uh, the Mets. He says, if you hit three home runs, I'm sorry, you're going to go down. You're going to lean over the plate. You're going to let them put a whipping on you. It's not going to happen. I know that happens in today's game. Obviously, it's the Marlins. I'm sure Don Manley ordered that. I don't think the pitcher did. Not today's pitchers. There was a day where you didn't have to tell the pitcher if he's getting his fanny kicked, he would knock someone down. They're playing the Cardinals. Excuse me. Uh, he was talking about, of course, uh, the Marlins there. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Russell says it's chicken blank. So that's I think that's kind of what I think about it too. Hernandez got all fired up there. Forgot who they were playing there for yeah. a second. I love how you said uh, Seinfeld fan. Yeah. He still got that mustache too, rocking it. Uh, other headlines that we missed. Uh, how about uh, Kobe Bryant? You talk about the rich getting richer. So he invests uh, six million dollars in a sports drink called Body Armor. Coca Cola buys that. So in a course of four and a half years, his investment of six million balloons to two hundred million. Nice investment, sir. <laughs> nice investment. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, yes, I sound jealous. By the way, I saw Isaiah Bugs post a picture with him. Uh, with You know, of course, Kobe just talked with, with Alabama. That's pretty cool. Can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Uh, one other headline, uh, Ron Higgins, we certainly enjoy uh, his stories in NOLA.com. Do I understand that he has been laid off? Uh, that's what I saw on Twitter. Very unfortunate news. I mean, I'm, listen, this is kind of what the business has come to now. If you're getting older and you're making too much money, uh, you got a target on your back. Uh, it's going to be tough to kind of keep your job. And, unfortunately, we've seen that story play out over and over. Uh, hopefully, you know, Ron Higgins bounces back and finds somewhere else to go. Well, I'm getting older. Thankfully, I'm not making too much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're only making one of the criteria, I guess. Uh, All right, let's get into Jill and Ramsey's comments in oh, GQ yeah. Magazine. Yes, let's do that. Okay, let me pull this up. So Jalen Ramsey has an interview with GQ Magazine, and he literally, I guess the interviewer just kind of goes through every quarterback in the NFL, and he says, give us a hot take, and he literally does. All right, so Josh Allen, he's trash. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, this is actually a nice one, gets how he was the top pick. Lamar Jackson, he's going to do a good job. Here we go. Joe Flacco. He sucks. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers doesn't suck. Tom Brady doesn't suck. Oh, there you go. Tyrod Taylor, underrated. Yeah. Good one. Marcus Mariota. Here's kind of a, 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 some shade here. Good game manager. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess he's good. Uh, Deshaun Watson will be an MVP. 
Carson Wentz will be an MVP. Jared Goff, average to above average. Dak Prescott, he's okay. Kirk Cousins, he's a winner. Russell Wilson, good. Here you go, Aaron. Ben Roethlisberger, decent at best. <laughs> Eli Manning, Odell makes him. Now, this is the most intriguing one. That right? Blake Bortles, mm. because it's his own quarterback. Yeah. But if, my goodness, if you were going to throw some, I know he had a good year last year, but he hasn't had the best NFL career. He says, Blake, do what he got to do. Uh, who's next? Uh, Nick Foles, good enough to win Super Bowl. That's mm. true. Drew Brees, really good. That was like the, the nicest thing he said of anybody. Mm-hmm. So Drew Brees, really good. Andrew Luck, don't think he's good. <laughs> Matthew Stafford, he's straight. Ryan Tannehill, haven't heard good things. And Matt Ryan, overrated. Mm. He went on to say, uh, you can't tell me you win an MVP two years ago in reference to Matt Ryan. Then last year, you are a complete bust, and you still got Julio Jones. There's no way that that should ever happen. I don't care. You know what that tells me? That tells me Shanahan left, went to San Francisco, got Garoppolo, made Garoppolo this big thing, and now Garoppolo is a big name, and Ryan has his bad year, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just say this. And then I want to go back. And then Josh Allen, of course, at practice, has he's asked, did you hear about Joe and Ramsey's comments? And he said no. <laughs> well, Leonard Fournette, of course, got on Twitter and said, uh, I hope you don't think I'm trash, uh, Jalen. But, no, in, in, in terms of this, I love it. Yeah. I love this. We, we talk so much about how we, we want athletes to speak their mind. We don't want them to be robotic. And when they do, a lot of criticism follows. No, man, I'm not going to criticize you for saying this. I think this is great. Your team probably going to criticize you for giving them bullets aboard material. But like you said earlier in the show, maybe he's just trying to bait them into throwing toward him because, of course, he didn't get a whole lot of balls his way last year. Eli was asked about uh, Ramsey's comments, uh, said no comment, and then added who? Jags open up the regular season against the Giants. Yeah, can't wait for that. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, let's dive into, dive into Top 10 Thursday. Some of the top headlines that we are looking forward from the college football season. 745, our high school previews continue. West Washtaw's Matt Middleton joins us in. Once again, it's on. Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing you the Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree 4. Presented by Creed and Creed. Serious attorneys for serious injury. The Eddie G. Robinson High School Football Classic Jamboree. Saturday, August 25th in the Robinson Memorial Stadium on the campus of Grambling State University. In its fourth year, Team Up Sports Consulting is bringing another exciting day of hard-hitting football action. Guess who's back from South Louisiana? The Northwest High Raiders are coming to put a beat down on the Faraday Trojans for game three. Not up in here. And the rematch everybody's been waiting for from 2015. The high-flying eagles of Evangel Christian Academy are back to put it down on the rough and rugged Union Parish Farmers of Farmerville. It's going to be on at the Jamboree this year. You can get your Jamboree tickets at each of the participating schools now. Check out more details at egrobinsonclassic.com. 
our Facebook page at Eddie G. Robinson Classic. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Portico in Monroe is back. New owners Joey Trepe, Roy Arthur, and Lindsey Levitt invite you to come experience it for yourself this football season. They'll have eight brand new 65-inch TVs, great for college football on Saturday and then NFL action on Sunday. They'll have a new full menu including pizza, wings, and loaded nachos. Lunch specials every single day, Monday through Friday, plus brunch on Sunday. Come experience Portico for yourself at 2230 Tower Drive in Monroe. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. Darren Moody State Farm text line is open. 888-993-7762. Find out how to save money on home and auto insurance. By stopping by and visiting with Darren on 18th Street in Monroe. Talk a little insurance. Also talk a little football with Darren. Aaron, is there anything better than being sore after a hard day in the gym? Not legs, but your chest. That's a loaded question, Jake. <laughs> okay. Not, okay, maybe not the best thing ever. <laughs> but it's pretty great feeling, right? I enjoy that soreness yeah, feeling. Too. Yeah. It makes me feel like, oh, I worked hard yesterday. Mm-hmm. Anyway, top 10 Thursday, top 10 storylines for college football this year. So That's a loaded question. So th- this is us, right? I mean, this isn't just national. This is uh, statewide. No, this is national, man. All right. This is national. Your top 10. I got to have a local flavor to it, man. <sighs> you constantly break rules. Oh, listen to that music. Mm. Yeah. It even makes me want to put up with hearing your voice. All right, let's go a couple honorable mentions for me, and I want to start with your team, Florida Atlantic. So Kiffin wins, what, 11 games again, and there'll be all this talk. Oh, will Lane Kiffin be leaving, just like last year? The foregone conclusion was the Lane train would be out of Boca Raton. Where's he at this year? You're saying, does he stay at at FAU? Can he keep it rolling along? I think he keeps it rolling along. The question is, does he want to stay at FAU once the season ends? Are there any anybody out there that wants him? Yes, of course. What happened last year? Well, you know, he, he'll have another year under his belt. Mm. Another year of maturity. Yeah. Yes. He's got – look, the thing with Lane is not whether or not he's a good coach. All Every, right, let me – okay, so everything that's gone on in the sports world with some, the practices of college coaches, and now this is very important with presidents, you want to have somebody that's stable, very mature. That's the farthest thing when we think <laughs> of Lane Kiffin. That is not a fact. I was just about to say – no one is questioning his ability to coach. People are questioning his maturity. And in today's he world, needs in to today's stay, world, as much as I love it, he needs to stay off of social media. 
He needs to just comment. Be as vanilla as possible, Lane, for your own sake. Even though I love his colorful personality, I really do. I, I like to hear the things he says. And he's he's one of those cocky guys that you root for, right? And there are some cocky guys that you root for, Aaron. I root for Conor McGregor. He's very cocky, mm. okay? But that said, keep the comments to a minimum, and then you'll get yourself a job. You don't root for Ben Mintz when he's in a, a tournament in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Who says I don't? I root for Ben Mintz. Got to root for our own. Uh, Oklahoma, another honorable mention for top ten storylines, uh, life without Baker Mayfield. And the whole storyline with Kyle Murray, is he for real? That's a good one. Kyle Murray definitely deserves some recognition here because not not just because he's having to replace Baker Mayfield, but the guy was drafted. The guy was drafted in the MLB draft, a top ten pick. So, yeah, I think all eyes are on him and what he does in his final year of college football. Do you have any honorable mentions or you just ride my coattails? Ride your coattails. Uh, TCU, are they going to get some national love? Do they have the breakthrough year? You saw they lost the big uh, defensive tackle yeah. yesterday. That's a big blow for the Horny Toads. I don't know. I think it's going to be. I think the Big 12 is going to be a little bit better this year. I think West Virginia is going to be a legitimate threat just because of Will Greer. I think he has an argument for best quarterback in the country. Uh, I think. Texas is getting better. Texas is coming in with a huge recruiting class. And, of course, Oklahoma is still Oklahoma. So, TCU, it's going to be tough. I'd like to see also a TCU with Justin Rogers. I know coming back from that injury, if he's going to get a shot for them this year. Yep. So, those are my honorable mentions. Jake did not participate. Now we're ready to jump into our top ten. Who do you got? All right. Uh, at ten, I've got Mississippi State's shot at winning the SEC West. <laughs> yeah. You heard me correctly. All right, so Aaron, I keep looking at this roster, and I think to myself, I love what they return, but something deep down prevents me from going all in. What do you and know about Joe Moorhead? I know that he did a fantastic job at Penn State. Now, but that's part of the reason why I'm not fully buying in, because this is his first chance at a huge college like Mississippi State or a huge conference, I should say, as the head guy. Now, not only that, but there's also some like a stigma with Mississippi State where it's just like, yeah, they have a really good roster, they have a lot of talent, but it's still Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. I got to see it before I actually believe it. And so that's what's kind of holding me back. That said, if you're just comparing talent to other talent in the, in the conference, Mississippi State has a legitimate chance of winning the SEC West. Will they do it? Probably not. But I'm, I'm curious to see how the storyline unfolds. I did not expect that out uh, of you, Mississippi State, being your 10th best storyline going into the college football yeah, season. I, I just think they're so intriguing. They're a wild card that I could actually buy stock in. Unlike Jake, I try to keep it local. My number 10 top storyline going into this year, ULM. Do you believe You're so the biased, hype? man. Do you this believe the Warhawks story, This is national storylines. We talk about ULM all the time in regards to local. Warhawks coming off two consecutive four and eight seasons. Is this the season they make that next jump? Do they get to six or seven victories, perhaps even more? Do they get an opportunity to play in a bowl game for the first time since 2012? The other storyline, of course, if they do get to that win total, there's not a, a tie-in with a bowl game. Is the fan base strong enough? Do they have enough selling points to make a bowl attractive at ULM? You would certainly think so with this offense. Aaron, I, I agree with that. Not a top ten national storyline. This is my top give ten. Me, I didn't say national. Give I said, me this another storyline. The title of the this is top ten college football storylines of 2018 football season. They are the top ten college football storylines for Aaron. 
At number nine, I got Louisiana Tech. Do they get over the hump? Uh, of the course you got it. Is Grambling at eight? <laughs> Is Grambling at eight? They've been in the hunt for a conference championship. Will this be the year, of course, that they get over that hump and win one of these titles? Of course, also the winning streak that they have in postseason play. Can they make it five straight bowl games? Oh, brother. At number nine, I've got Texas for real or nah. Oh. Texas had a phenomenal 2018 recruit class, which I already stated. Uh, they return a lot of big-time skill players from last year, but they do have a lot of turnover on defense. More specifically, they don't—they no longer have Malik Jefferson, who was one of the best defenders in college football last year. So, can they overcome that? Um, and and you, you looked at it last year. I, I compared them to a lot of the ways you, you watch ULM. Maybe they didn't get it as far as wins goes, but you could watch the games and see that there was progress being made. I saw that with Texas under Herman on a week-by-week basis. They lost a lot of games in the fourth quarter. A lot of it was due to you know freshman quarterbacks making freshman mistakes. Maybe they eliminate that this year and actually push for a Big 12 title. So you know, anytime Texas is back in the national conversation, I think it's good for college football. Uh, so they are my number nine storyline. Two surprises from you: Mississippi State and Texas making your top ten. At number eight, I got Miami. Are the Hurricanes legit? They, of course, the end of the year on that losing streak. They made a lot of national news last year and headlines. With the turnover chain, I think they forced, what, 31 turnovers last year. Mm. Manny Diaz, the mastermind of this defense, the former Louisiana Tech defensive coordinator. Miami will be a fascinating storyline. Still tied it locally. Especially the fact, of course, that they have LSU in the opening week. There you go. You hit all checklists there. Uh, Eight, at number eight for me, I've got the SEC. This is for Ronnie. Are they still number one? Are they still the number one conference? I think the SEC West will be so strong this season that, plus Georgia will be so dominant, that I think they will be. That said, you can definitely look at the Big Ten and make an argument. It's got top, the the top four in the Big Ten are stronger than the top four in the SEC. I think an argument for that could be made. That said, SEC West from top to bottom, I mean SEC from top to bottom, I think is a stronger conference. But will it be? We'll see how it plays out. At number seven, how do I tie Michigan into Northeast Louisiana? <laughs> Go, Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson via Ole Miss, IMG Academy, <laughs> Calvary, and then before that he was in a high school in Texas. There you go. <laughs> or maybe Jim Harbaugh. He, he vacations everywhere in the world except Northeast Louisiana. <laughs> I've got my uh, Michigan, the Wolverines, at number seven. Can Harbaugh finally live up to the hype? Can he finally also pick up some big wins? Can he knock off the likes of Ohio State in the Big Ten? Eight and five last year. It seems like in the offseason he's cornered the market with making headlines and storylines and, of course, getting Marty Smith to ride his coattails across the world. Can they now make an impact in the Big Ten? I like it. That's a good one. Uh, My number seven is year of the running back. Only one running back has won the Heisman in the last eight years. You look at who's returning. You look at the Jonathan Taylors, Bryce Loves, Damian Harris, uh, DeAndre Swift, Rodney Anderson. Uh, heck, you could even look at FAU with Devin Singletary. There are a lot of really good running backs returning this year. Uh, I think this is the year that one of those running backs captures the Heisman and uh, and wins it. At number six, I got the Pac-12. Does it stink? <laughs> is Washington the only legitimate squad? Of course, I think, what, six of the 12 coaches are new in that league. Now, there are some high-profile coaches going into that conference, but can they make the jump after just in their first year? You, are you mean to tell me that you're counting Herb Edwards out at Arizona State? Counting him out. Uh, on a serious question, though, are you 
what, how do you think Kevin Sumlin does at Arizona? Barely makes any waves. Well, with Khalil, Khalil Tate, Tate, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Offensively, He's, they'll do some things. Can they stop anybody? Well, that's Kevin Sumlin's yeah. question uh-huh. every year. Um, yeah, I, th- I th- I'm with you though. The Pac-12 is going to be down a bit, but still can't count out Stanford. I think Stanford's going to be a little bit better than most people were anticipating. So Washington kind of rolls through this thing with Chris Peterson. Then the question will be getting into semis. Uh, are they legit? Are they, are they going to get blown out again? Yeah. Yeah, that's the question. Uh, my number six, Kirby Smart. Is he building a dynasty? Now, hold on. Pump the brakes. Dynasty he hadn't even won a championship yet. The biggest reason why I say that is he's the first guy in a very long time to kind of knock Nick Saban off his perch in, as far as recruiting goes. Kirby Smart is putting together some incredible classes on a consistent basis. Plus, you look at the way they played last year. They were so physical in the trenches. They were an overtime play away from winning the national championship. I think Georgia's legit, and I think they're going to be legit for a very long time under Kirby Smart. That said, let's see if you know what they do this year as a follow-up to last season. Are they going to use that as fire to, to motivate them to maybe win the national championship or – is it going to go the opposite way? Are they going to be complacent? And, you know, maybe the wheels start to fall off. We'll see. There are five of our top ten storylines on this top ten Thursday. We'll certainly get into the top five in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, your wife just texted us. Uh, I believe it's her. I missed the morning this morning what happens with the LSU quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll get more into this later, but Lowell Narcisse and Justin McMillan have transferred. And, no, the sky is not falling. It's, it's okay. We'll hear Ed Orgeron mumble through a couple sound bites coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, our high school football previews continue. Matt Middleton from West Washita joins us next on Sports Talk 97.7. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Our high school football previews continue. Today we put the spotlight on the West Washita Chiefs. Their head coach, Matt Middleton, joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Matt, how you doing this morning, bud? What's up, Aaron? What's up, Jake? Appreciate you guys having me on. Second year is the in charge there out at West Washita. How are things going so far for you guys? Uh, you know, obviously it was great to get through the summer and get started. Anytime you're a coach, you always look forward to uh, that time of year that's your, that's your sports season. So we're excited to get back out and get to practice. Uh, you know, so it's it's been a good fall camp so far. Um, so uh, we're looking forward to having a good scrimmage Friday against Union Parish. And, uh, you know, just a very young football team, but I have to grow up in a hurry. Uh, I was out there a couple of days ago. It does not appear that you've aged in the last 10 to 15 years. This year, though, you may be put to the test. Ten sophomores projected to start for you guys. What's that going to be like as a coach? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, anytime you start that many young guys, it's, it's really a, a, a two-fold way of looking at it. I mean, it, it could be exciting for the future, but uh, at the time, it's a, it's a difficult transition, you know, having to play that many young guys. Uh, we kind of knew that uh, coming in, taking the job, that it was uh, it was going to be a process. Uh, we knew that our, our numbers have been pretty strong uh, young-wise as far as freshmen and sophomores, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we're excited about it. You know, we would have had one more. Uh, we probably would have been closer to 11, but my son uh, tore his ACL, so we're at 10. Um, so it's one of those things that, um, you know, we're excited about, uh, but it, 
it is what it is. We're going to go bite and hold on a fight, scratch and claw, and that's one thing that I can assure you a team coach by my staff is going to be is we're going to get after it. Man, what's that like as a father and a coach? You see, uh, of course, one of your better players go down and you being the dad. Talk about a kick in yeah. the butt. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the first deal, and, and I'm really, really hard on him. Uh, he can tell you that, and everybody else around me knows that. But, you know, he's he's definitely gifted. Um, he's a good football player, and he was projected to be our starting running back. Uh, had a great spring and summer, and, and uh, you know, allowed me to move a couple of guys at some other spots. But as a dad, it's, it's, it, it hurts because of the emotional part that comes with it because I'll be honest with you, that's why I do what I do. I, I coach. I love kids, and I, I want to coach my son. So that's an exciting part for me as a dad. But as a coach, when, the, when reality hits and you realize that he's out for the season, it hurts really bad because it's not only a dad and a coach, but it affects your team, and, and that's been difficult. But, you know, he's young. So the chances are he's going to be okay. You know, surgery happened two weeks ago, uh, Monday. So we're looking forward to getting him back. We've had some guys step up in his place. And, um, you know, it's kind of like I was telling you the other day, we're not, we're not talking about losing a senior. We're talking about losing a sophomore. And that's, that's the reality of where we are. But it, is, it, it definitely hurts. But, you know, we've got a good group of uh, guys and, and a young group that plays hard and uh, great staff. And we're just going to continue to – fight and build this thing the right way and then and, and look for longevity of success down the road well not only that but you lose your starting quarterback over the summer as well i think west washington fans going into this season can expect to see tobias owens a lot of guy who was a first team all district athlete last year um how can fans expect that i mean does that complicate things in terms of getting owens to football do you have to move him all over the football field now yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, uh, with Luke being projected at running back, I was I was able to move uh, Tobias to quarterback, which uh, Tobias is probably our most electric player. Um, you know, so we were we were looking forward to putting him in that position. And now now what we're looking at is with the loss of Luke and a couple other guys stepping in that he's gonna he's gonna play quarterback, he's gonna play running back, he's gonna play a little bit everywhere. You know, and that's what we have to do. Uh, as a staff and team to to be successful is to get our playmakers the ball and I've been around coaching long enough to know that people are going to realize that's our guy that's the guy that we like to have the touches and they're going to defend him in certain ways that that force us to not play him at certain spots so that's what we have to be creative with uh, by finding a way to get him his touches um you know and that's that's going to be the the difficult part as a coach is to find those things to give us an edge uh, that he can do that. So, um, you know, I like to be creative. Um, it'll be fun. Um, but we, we definitely got to move him around along with some other guys as well. And how does that affect what you run this year? Can, can fans expect uh, a different look of uh, offense this year from you? Yeah, you know, um, last year uh, we, we tried to do some things that, uh, you know, being, being here a year just really didn't uh, – fit our personnel um, and where we were at, um, you know, and, and, and we had some, some skill spots last year that we felt we could we could throw the ball a little bit more. But the reality is this, you got to fit your personnel, and ours is going to be more run-oriented this year. I don't mind saying it. People that watch watch us on film will see that and realize that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a situation where uh, we want to grind the clock we want to, we're going to huddle more this year. Uh, it's no secret. Um, 
You know, we were up tempo more, and in the past, I've done a little bit of both. So I think that's the thing as a coach, you got to fit your personnel. You can't stick a square peg in a round hole. And and I think to an extent, we we tried that a little bit last year with the hope that we could break out and do some things differently. But as a young football team, I think uh, if you're three and out quickly, you put your defense in a bind. And what we're trying to do is control the clock and hopefully grind out some rushing yards and be able to score points and and put our uh, defense uh, defending a defending a long field, not a short field, and we're going to play uh, possession football and, and hopefully have some some explosive plays along the way. Matt Middleton, West Washtenaw's head coach, joins us on the Darren Moody State Farm Hotline. Coach, being your second year, do you feel like now your, your message is uh, you know taken in easier, or the kids kind of understand where you stand and what you expect out of them on a day to day basis? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, anytime you come in and you take over a program, there's always a transition period, and it's normally the toughest on the seniors that are there because they're accustomed to a certain way, and and my personality is uh, drastically different than most. And you know, I tell people this a, a lot of times. Uh, you know, football is important to me. Um, people say it's just a game. It is just a game. But that's how I feed my family. So, with that being said, it's it's a big deal. We've made football a big deal out here and not saying that that wasn't the case before uh but but my personality is the fact that we're gonna spend a lot of time to get better at doing it uh we're looking uh to put our guys in situations that that make them feel uncomfortable because i want them to be comfortable in being uncomfortable and that's that's our deal so you know with that being said i think the transition's been good i think it says a lot about the the numbers that we have young kids wise in our program you know we're still hurting a little bit in the upper grades, but the interest is definitely up. You know, I tell people uh, a lot that these young groups know me. They've only been around me, so the transition of that has been been easier for them. Um, you know, with that being said, just the personalities of the staff is a little bit different than the last staff. So anytime you deal with that, you know, it's uh, it's always a it's always a transition of change and can be difficult. But I think we're heading in the right direction. We knew that. Uh, it was going to take some time, possibly three to five years, to be consistent. I think we're probably closer to four to five to be where I want to be as far as consistent year in and year out. And we don't want to just be a – we don't want to have one good year and a few off. We want to be consistent, and that's how you judge success and the verdict still out of how we can achieve that and do that. I believe that we can, uh, but the future's bright. Got a lot of talent in the younger grades, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Matt, uh, I know schedules are set, and you look at next year or this year's schedule for you guys. I think nine of your ten opponents played in the postseason last year. Six of those went at least uh, too deep into the playoffs. You want to create this winning culture. So what's the balance to kind of get games that you know you can win, but also you want to be challenged before you get to district play? Well, I think the toughest part for us was we inherited that schedule, you know, and, I, and, and, and I'm by no means making excuses because that's obviously the type of schedule we want to play in our program. But, you know, I, I use this all the time. I mean, my dad was hired by Shows in 89, and for the first five years, West Monroe, people know West Monroe as being the, the winner that it is, but people forget how it was set up in the early years, and it was to find as much success as he could find before he got to district play, and there were two five-and-five five years to start it, and, you know, people just forget that and see it what it is now, but I think that's what we really didn't have the ability to be able to do with an inherited schedule was to to um, help ourselves uh, get to a successful part to make a successful run. So we, we, we hit the bus all the first two years right off the jump, which, 
you know, um, it is what it is, and the kids have accepted that, and coaches have accepted that challenge. But, you know, anytime you want to do that, you want to be prepared for district. We play in District 2-4A, which is extremely tough. Um, you know, verdict's still out if we're going to be in 5A the next cycle or not. Our numbers are going to be close one way or the other. So, um, obviously, we'd like to be playing this type of schedule, um, you know, down the road with success. But in the same sense as a coach, you like to build to get there and, you know, we don't, there's no laws in our schedule. And that's the one thing for, for us. And you said the numbers, I mean, nine teams, um, we had a remarkable schedule and we went three and seven a year ago, which is one of the longest years of my life. But it's one of those to where we barely missed the playoffs at that record, you know, and one of the teams that we beat handedly was in the playoffs, you know. So it, I, I think schedule has a lot to do with it, of how you factor it in. Uh, but you never want to schedule guys that you can just go beat up on. You want to be able to schedule guys that are competitive that can go either way, but it's all about points too. So you need people that are going to get wins to be able to do that. So, you know, uh, we'll see where we're, we're sitting um, district-wise. We we do have some – we are working on some, some different things for the scheduling coming up. We're excited about that, and uh, we're excited about the young group that we have. Couple final questions. Arguably the nicest high school or facility in North Louisiana, and you guys continue to tweak things around there, including now at your football stadium, getting a new scoreboard this year. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you and I talked about it the other day. It's a it's a beautiful campus. Um, you know, we have we've 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 done a lot of uh, changes football wise. A lot of people don't don't see inside the guts from equipment and things like that. But when the First noticeable things that you'll see is we made a transition to uh, our, our stadium project. Uh, we did some things differently to uh, uh, pick some of those looks up, things like that. Now we'll have the we have a new scoreboard going into place, which is a digital board. We'll be the only one um, in the parish outside of West Monroe that has something of the capability of that. By no means is ours their size or that cost, but we we had some some generous people in our program uh, that really made that happen and uh, is all about the kids and at the end of the day that's what it's all about and we know what we have to do to be successful and you got to get caught up with the jimmies and the joes you hear about it in college all the time that recruiting is a war of facilities and looks and uniforms and things like that but the kids that we have today and the generation we have today with all the things that are pulling them from many different directions as far as interests or concerns looks Things like that are a big deal. So we're excited to be able to do that. You know, Everett Stagg is uh, one of our boosters that's done a whole lot in that and made that happen, and I'm just appreciative of him and the other people involved in our community make this happen. All right, finally, you mentioned uh, scrimmage versus union tomorrow night, correct? That's correct, 6 o'clock. So we'll be a, facing a, a good spat team, and that's what I call it because they emulate his personality, play hard, fly the football, and be a great test for us early. Appreciate the time, Matt. We'll see you soon, but Appreciate it, Matt. Thanks, Aaron and Jake. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Matt Middleton, West Washington's head coach, is our high school pre- Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.